Because it's been four days of walking and playing and video games. Walking. And walking and drinking Monster. And how much Monster? Um, Too much Monster for the year. Yes. That's how much Monster. But it's been EGX 2018. 2018, not 2019 and not 2017, but definitely 2018. Yeah, um... It's it's been a good one, but it's been a tiring one. As always, they're always tiring. Yeah, but I mean, I've done because this is my seventh EGX, and some say three's a magic number. Seven was the magic number in this occasion. Um, and yeah, so seven years ago was my first one, and then we did four days in two thousand fifteen. And we've just done four days, 2018. Um, we've got to play pretty much everything that we wanted to, and even some stuff that we didn't want to. <laughs> to say the least. You, Phil, of course, got to play Call of Duty Black Ops 4, because mm -hmm. that's all he'd been going on about oh, in yeah, the car. Obviously, obviously that's yeah, all I've been Just wouldn't on shut up about it. <laughs> Steffi, can we go and play Black Ops 4 now? Yeah, this like, exactly, Phil. That's exactly what I sound like. Just no. That's, that's literally how I sound every day of my life. Black Ops 4 now, please. Wow, I didn't realise I sounded that high pitched. You do. You do, especially when you're going on about Black Ops 4. I think it brings out the inner kid of everyone. Yes. It really does. Because um. even, even when... We were just playing a nice friendly game. He's he's over there shouting and cussing and Who me? Yeah. Was I threatening to sleep with people's parents? Oh yeah. And then he played Call of Duty. <laughs> no. Oh, we should really introduce ourselves. Who are you over there? I am bed? High Stephanition. And I am Monkey Man Phil. Uh yes, and this will be um, part two of our Van der Hoff and Co. EGX coverage. It will be. Um, it goes up online. Yeah, we've got some interviews. Uh, we do to come. Get excited. Get rigid. Get frigid. Get swifty. What time is it? Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? What time is it? It's Swifty time. Oh, is it Swifty time, is it? it? Or it was Hammer time when we were playing oh, God, Surgeon yeah. Simulator. Hammer time. Um, unfortunately... Um, I thought that was Drill Simulator. It was. The second game was Drill Simulator. 
I think drugged, the first up, drugged up drill simulator. Mm. Uh, yep, we played Surgeon Simulator on the Switch. We did. Which I've played Surgeon Simulator before, and I thought it was better before because I didn't like the Switch. I didn't like the motion controls. It didn't seem very cooperative in terms of like how the the how it worked. Yeah. Like I think I've seen people play it on like PC and I've seen people play it on PS4. It looks like it's a little bit easier. Hmm. I'm guessing by that hmm that is a hmm of no. Well, it's the controls. They're not meant to be easy, are they? No. But the motion controls just weren't responsive. It just it 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 didn't make any sense. I don't know. It's been a while since I. But it was fun nonetheless. It was Surgeon Simulator. It was Surgeon Simulator. What game did we play? Surgeon Simulator. Yes. And what else did we play, Phil? Right. Let me load up the book of uh, knowledge to do. Book of knowledge. Book of knowledge. Right, so day two. Yeah, day two. We visited Tom Clancy's The Division Two. First thing in the morning. We did. We did. It was good. It was enjoyable. It was over quite quick. Short demo. Managed to do the mission. Apparently, the guy said that we did the mission the fastest he had seen. Perhaps the fastest that day, because no, we were the first. The day before as well, he said... Done the fastest I've seen so well, far. Well, we we do have like proper We've got skills. Skills, spelt with a Z. Oh, then they're the best. They're the best. They're the only skills, right? They're the only ones we need. <laughs> they pay the bills they with do, the Z, as those beast beastly boys said. <laughs> yeah, that was a good uh, good little game. Uh, as I said to you, I think it would only be good if you've got people to play with. Yeah. Because I remember, I mean, I enjoyed teaming up. I enjoy any multiplayer game as long if I'm playing with people friends. you know. Yeah. yeah, when you're playing with people you don't know and they don't communicate with you, and is <laughs> even if they do communicate <laughs> with you, it's not really that much fun. No, it kind of draws away from that whole. We're having a bit of a laugh. Hmm. Feel like you being a bit of a lad. You're the lad, I'm Phil. Not I'm a not a lad. You're the lad. No. Okay. Anyway, after that, we uh, sort of went and uh, checked out some Super Smash Brothers. We did. We did. It was Super Smash Brothers with some extra characters. Yeah, we didn't. There was only one in two. the two in the demo. Who two. were in the ones in the demo? The ones that I bo- I played as both times. So I played as Splatoon. Inkling. Um, Inkling. And I played as uh, Ridley. Riddler? The Riddler? Yeah, I played as the Riddler. It's DC versus Smash Bros. Um, No, what's his name from Metroid? Rip Ripley. Rip, is it Ripley? Ridley. Ridley. The Ridley, yes, Ridley. Sigourney Weaver's in it as well. <laughs> All of the Ripley. time. She comes on, get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> and then she, uh, her final smash, she comes out in that robot suit. <laughs> just in the lift you. armor, <laughs> yeah. lifts you and flings you out an airlock. <laughs> I'm so going to set up a petition. Sigourney Weaver for Smash. 
All these people that want Waluigi in it. Get no. him out of here. Get, Get him out of here. It's all about Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver is the way forward. Yes. But until they announce a story mode, Smash is not on my radar this year. It's fair. I probably will pick it up, but the problem with Smash, it always keeps its value. Mm. <clears throat> I well, just... I say that's a problem. It's also quite a good thing that it does keep its value. Like a lot of Nintendo games do. Which is usually a good sign. So when you buy it, you probably only like even if you trade it in two years later, you're still probably only losing like eight quid or something. True, but I barely played anything of uh, excuse me, um, anything of Smash on Wii U. To be honest, <clears throat> the only reason I had it was because when people come around and play it, it wasn't really a game that I would have to go. Oh, this will be amazing fun. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this will be amazing so much fun so much fun but it's um it's more just to chill out with when you got some <clears throat> cope cope co- co-op couch fun ah yes i wonder what you were trying to say then i was trying to say the whole when thing you're going to chill go. out when you've got some coke <laughs> you just do a rack up a few lines <laughs> and do some rails and and then play smash <laughs> coked <laughs> out of your face Smash it right into the wall. Oh, man, I'm smashed. <laughs> right, get the Wii U on. <laughs> Wii U? Yeah. Wii U? Yeah. Oh, I suppose I had the Wii U. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know where you're going. I was thinking about getting the Switch version, but... Well, the Switch version isn't out yet. So this particular... Let's get the Wii U. <laughs> that particular little skit wouldn't have worked. <laughs> it wouldn't have. It well, wouldn't I... have. It might have worked in the future... When the game is obviously out, but not right now. No. Um, what did we play next? We played a game that was based on 19... I think, is it 1996? <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon. Let's go. 98. Is it 98? 96 and Japan? No. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Let's play... No, let's go... Let's go. Which one Let's did we play? Let's go Pikachu. Did, did we play Let's Go Pikachu? I don't know. I didn't pay we, any uh, attention. Yeah, we played Let's Go Pikachu. To be honest, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. No. Um, I don't think it ever does when you pick yellow, blue, pink, gold. Well, obviously golden, yellow. Yeah, but the difference between them is that you have Pikachu following you or you have Eevee following you. But do they have the difference of, say, you can't get... What like a particular I'm to, Pokemon? Yeah, I'm trying to remember which ones weren't in well, the original like ones. Nidoran. No, you always had Nidoran in both types. It was like um, no, I meant like male or female Nidorans, wasn't it? Yeah, but they were both in both types. I think it was like um, Growlithe. I think Growlithe wasn't in one of them. Um, I don't know. I've not read. It's a long time. No, no, I, I don't know on this one if they do have anything that you can exchange with each other. It looks really nice, it but looks good. it looks too simplified. It feels too simplified, definitely. The throwing mechanic's nice, but it it simplifies it too much. It's nice to a degree. I don't like the idea of catching Pokemon without having to weaken them first. Mm. 
um, which is the whole point of the game from get go, day one. Weaken the Pokemon, you capture it. Now you can throw a ball and not have to weaken it. It is weird. It almost feels like a step back, but we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's something that I will personally buy. It's not day one for me. Um, for me, rather. Um, yeah. But I might wait to see what reviews say. Uh, see if they do any updates in the future. It's probably yeah. the best But it certainly isn't. I'm glad that I've played it today because I was on the fence. Today? Was it today? No. no. Two days ago. Two days ago. It's, it's blurry. Y- it is blurry. Um, it's a bit so like yeah. my mum on the after party. Blurry. Yeah. Can't remember it. No. Um, then after that, we uh, we then moved across and went and played some Super Mario Party. Some Super Mario Party. His mic is off. Some Super Mario Party, we you say? Some Super Mario Party. That was all right. It's what you kind of expect from Super Mario yeah, Party. Yeah, I won't. I've, I've got nothing against the series. The only drawback is that I haven't really got any friends. So... You got, you've got friends. It's just having friends over, which is a lot easier Thanks, said Phil. than done. Yes. I feel better about that myself now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to be honest, everyone struggles to get friends over. I'm nodding. Nodding. For those listening. <laughs> I was nodding. Sorry, I've got me? a cup of coffee. Yeah. I'm, I <laughs> you only can wasn't hear me talking because I've got a cup of coffee in my hand. <laughs> I, do you know what? I was. No, never mind. Never mind. Right, we should go to an interview. Are we going to an interview? Yes. Go on then, Stefan. What interview are you conducting over there while I'm not engrossing game? <laughs> we uh, This is an interview with Ricardo from Camel 101 and the game Those Who Remain. They remain. They do. When they remain. So we go down to the show floor, hand over. No, we don't do this joking. In that one, so not in this one wouldn't make any sense. Not in that one. So, oi, Stefan, down there on the show floor, what are you doing? I don't know. What is he doing? Talking to Ricardo. From oh, okay. About those who remain. <laughs> those who remain. Hello. 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 We are back. Yes, day three, Saturday, the busiest day of EGX. How have you found it so far, Phil? Good, how have you found it? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, today's a lot slower than yesterday. We were on it yesterday. We were zipping around everywhere, but... Anyway, you'll hear enough about us in the episode itself. This moment now is not about us. It's about the gentleman and the game in front of us. Uh, so thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you would. If you wouldn't mind uh, telling everyone who you are and what you're doing here. Okay, uh, I'm Ricardo. I'm from uh, Camel 101. 
And I'm here at the GX to show uh, our latest game called Those Remain. Uh, and uh, what is Those Remain? It's a, it's a thriller. Uh, we don't like to call it a horror game because it's not made of jump scares and uh, cheap thrills and, uh, and, and, and screams. Uh, it's mostly about the story, the narrative and the, the overall uh, tension of the game. Uh, it has two main features. Uh, one of them is that the player can never go into the dark. Uh, there are some strange, mysterious dark figures there that will attack the player if he goes there. So he always needs to find a light source, uh, a lamp, fire, whatever he can find. And the other feature is that the player can travel to a mirror version of our own world, uh, where everything's similar but different. Um, so the actions that he makes in one of these worlds have an effect on the other. Uh, one example is that, that he, can, he might find a closed door, he travels to another world, opens the door there, gets back and he finds the door open. Uh, it's a dark story, um, it addresses uh, stuff like uh, bullying, infidelity, suicide, uh, it's a bit grim, uh, but it has three possible endings. Uh, one of the endings is good, <laughs> uh, the other is bad and the other is horrible. <laughs> okay. That's the three main yeah, yeah. headline. Good. Maybe all right. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, uh, the demo that we've got here that uh, both of us have just played, uh, it's a gentleman who is off to, about to meet his mistress. Um, well, we assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's nowhere to be found. And then his car gets taken. Do we follow this particular gentleman through the uh, rest of the game? Are there other characters who uh, we take control of? Uh, so the main story is about uh, the main character uh, that uh, is coming to meet his mistress. Uh, he's got a dark past um, that will unravel uh, as the story progresses. Um, soon he meets uh, more characters that are uh, tied together to, to, to the, the backstory of the town. Uh, and then all backstories will blend together and uh, everything will unravel in the, in the end. But the game is about this main character. Yeah. So we, uh, it's very dark, the very atmospheric. Um, you say we travel to an alternative reality as it were, a very kind of Twin Peaks, Stranger Things inspired. Um, is, that the, is that the feel that, this, uh, that those who remain is looking for? Uh, and what other inspirations can we kind of uh, get, uh, get? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say the biggest, inf uh, the biggest inspirations for this game uh, were actually movies uh, and uh, not really other games. Uh, Two of the biggest are, in fact, uh, Twin Peaks and Stranger Things. I could also, also mention a few Stephen King novels. There's a, a bit of uh, uh, even uh, The Mist, uh, to name a few, just. But um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, horror and uh, fantasy here blended uh, together from different authors and media. So we've got. Uh, as we're venturing through, the, you say that we have to stay in the light, which I found on a number of occasions when we're trying to find light switches. And just off in the distance, you can just see the figures 
uh, with their with the glowing eyes. Um, is this uh, something stem stemming from uh, fear of the dark? Is this trying to kind of initiate that that kind of reflex from childhood? Um, it wasn't, but uh, I, 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 I can see the, the, the comparison. The, the thing here all started uh, when a demon arrived in town uh, and the, the backstory of the demon is all uh, tied to the, to, to the, um, uh, the whole darkness thing. Uh, it's a demon that comes from the dark uh the demon i can say without, without spoiling the, the story but uh he'll also be present in the game very much present uh the player will also interact with with with, with him it's not the classical demon with with a tail and horns it's very different but uh yeah you just have to play and see yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the area that we uh started off in uh, we've got a, a garage, uh, sorry, a house, and then you head round to a garage and a barn, and then we moved on to a petrol station, a garage, uh, and there was like a little cafe area. Uh, how many, what other kind of areas can we expect moving through the, uh, through the game itself? Uh, the player will be exploring uh, the whole town, uh, it's a small town. Um, and then he'll move out of town, and then he'll be also exploring the alternate worlds. So uh, it's not a large game, it's about four to five hours, but uh, there's a lot of places to, to explore. Okay. Uh, so the story is all, uh, it's all narrative driven, and the story is very, uh, it just flows as you find each area, is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's uh, it's really narrative driven, but uh, we don't want to create just uh, a linear story. So the player will, will have to make a few choices that will affect the ending. Uh, yeah, like I said, we, we have uh, three endings, so uh, it's not completely linear. Uh, we we didn't want to, to make it, make it completely linear. Is there a lot of um, like? deciding moments in the game where like you can either have the good ending the middle ending and the last like the bad ending is there a lot of times that you have to make those choices throughout the game or is it quite obvious when you're doing it like does that does it happen a lot of time uh there are a few uh a few occasions where the player has to, to make a choice but uh the thing is that not all choices affect the ending uh we blended them so that it's not really obvious what the player needs to do so the uh heavily the graphics very heavily add to the atmosphere moving from the uh the areas of light and dark a lot of light punctuated uh in between trees uh we worked our way through uh was it a cornfield um and uh the atmosphere the music and the sound also add to that um, so was that the idea to bring in all of these elements together to make the game? So rather than having jump scares and horror and, and over-the-top gore is what you get in some games, was it the main goal to make a more psychological, more atmospheric kind of a situation? Yeah, uh, we wanted to create a, a, an atmosphere that could be really heavy. Uh, and to do it, uh, 
we need to have really good sound. Uh, the footsteps, the wind, the, leaf, the leaves brushing with the wind, it needs to be really good. So uh, from, the, from, from the beginning, early on, uh, we decided to, uh, to work uh, really hard on the, on the sound, on the lights, on the shadows, because uh, it all comes together to, uh, to create a, a tense atmosphere. If we fail with the with the sounds or with the shadows, uh, it can break. It can break everything. Yeah, because it, it looks gorgeous. It makes it almost makes me think of uh, is it Outlast? Yeah. That kind of uh, the mood. yeah, the mood of it, the the lighting is just phenomenal. The, uh, phenomenal. Can't get my words out. Um, and uh, it's it's obviously been a lot of work hard work gone into it. How long has uh, those who remain been in development and you say it's not out yet but it's soon? Uh, it's been in development for about two years. Um, the game is mostly finished on PC. Uh, we still have uh, a bit of uh, polishing to do. Um, but uh, we plan to start porting to consoles in uh, one or two months. Uh, the release is not uh, entirely defined because uh, we're probably going to release the game on PC and one console and the others will come later. So the plan right now is probably to release on the first quarter of next year or uh, second quarter possibly. Fantastic. Well, I mean, it looks great and I really look forward to uh, seeing it hit systems and, and once it... Playing at midnight. Yeah. No, I won't be doing that. Off. Well, you like that kind of thing. <laughs> Me, I'm. I have to during the day with the lights on, with the kid around, with <laughs> kid around somebody holding my hand. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking at picking it up. But it's definitely a daytime game for me. Nighttime. 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 You like? Yeah, you're that kind. You're just a sadist, is what you are, Phil. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you very, thank you very much for joining us today, uh, and we wish you the best of luck with those who remain in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So there we go. There we those go. who remain. Very good game that was actually. It was. Yeah, enjoyed the uh, demo of that. Look forward to. Atmospheric. Mm, very. But I think, as we said during the interview, probably more your game than mine. I'm a bit of a. Scaredy pants when it comes to. Oh, I like being scared. I like it. It's there got... you go. Not much scares you in real life, but when it comes to video games. Oh, I freak out. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. What other games did we manage I'm to play? i give you a clue. Uh, to be honest, I've already given you the clue when you were just editing the, uh, the whole thing. You gave me a clue. I then? gave you a clue with a song. The song was to do with a developer. I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. I, I don't think you were. I was singing. Hmm, bop, 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 bop. Hansen. Yeah. But what developer has double M in their name? Media Molecule. And what game does Media Molecule have? Well, Dreams. They did. We got to play a bit of Dreams. It was very pretty. I think it all depends on content. I don't think. They had quite the best content. What? Mm, they didn't have quite the best content. No. Like. There was that text adventure one. Yeah. And there was the electric bug one. Yeah. 
and there was the shoot me. shoot 'em up one. Yeah. But then the whole point of that game is that everyone buys that game and then makes games for that game. It does look like it'll be quite versatile though. It does, it does. Obviously, you look at Medium Molecule in the past and what they've done with, like, um, wasn't it, Little Big Planet, and how many games were produced off Little Big Planet where people have basically just done what they wanted to do. Yeah. There was a lot of content created from that extent. Mm hmm. But it's a game that you're having to hope that the community make games, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think. I think they've might have already got I think the the Ben I can't talk now. Too tired. Um I think that they might have like contacted like the higher um more popular people who might have created for Little Big Planet. Might be a shout. So all of the content that's on there now is is stuff made by these people. As a kind of a kickstart. Kick it up. Yeah. Get some... We'll have to find out about that. Find but didn't out. they say there's a beta coming soon? I think they did say that, actually. Not too sure. It was alright. It was alright. But rather than... Right, let's not go through the list how in the order. Okay. So we'll just... Another Sony thing is we went on the VR today didn't we? We did, we went on two different games on the VR um, unfortunately for me I didn't get to go on the one that I really wanted to go on Blood, Blood and, Truth. and Truth Yeah. but um, what what VR title did you get to play today earlier than I got to play? <laughs> um, it was Beat Saber Beat Saber like Star Wars meets Guitar Hero meets Watch That Wall yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah that was good it got quite hectic and especially as their um move controllers weren't responding properly so it kept Were making no sometimes like they'd go out of sync and it would be facing in a completely different direction <laughs> and i'm like oh come on come on I hate it when it does that come on when Not it simple. drifts. Oh, yeah. And you can't control it as well as you would hope. Yeah. Happens with a lot of um, that sort of thing. I've noticed it's happened uh, a couple of times when I've been trying to play Super Hot VR. Super Hot VR looks good. It is. Mm. Very, very sweaty, though, because you're having to. Duck and cover. Duck and cover. And Were you getting sweaty with your uh, beat sticks, beat saber? No. No? No. Quite. It doesn't look chilled, I'll admit. It does not it's, look Oh, it's not. But I don't... I wasn't... Moving as much as you do in... No, not as much as I do in Super Hot. Super Hot. Needs a, I need a wide area around me. Because I no kids or wife around. No kids or wife, because they'll end up beat black. Getting, getting beaten beat and sabered up. Yeah, getting beat sabered up, thrashed within an inch of their life. Please don't, Daddy. No, stop. Um, we played Kingdom Hearts three. 
you didn't ask me what game I played on VR. I I asked don't, you we don't care about you, Phil. You Let's just move on. on they don't come here to listen to you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, go on then. If you insist. <laughs> what did you play in VR, I Phil? Wipeout in oh, VR. okay. Can we move on? Yeah, you can do it if you want. <laughs> no, how was... No, it's fine. We're moving on. Because <laughs> um, you said you were expecting to be a bit... I was expecting to feel a little bit queasy, to yeah. say the least. Because obviously the speed of um, Wipeout is always quite fast. And it did look grainy as soon as I went on my... Like, it doesn't... For some reason, like, other PlayStation VR that I've played in the past looks a lot smoother. Because it looked a little bit grainy. It de- It does depend on the game. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But it's not like terrible, but you can see pixels. If that makes sense, like yeah, you can yeah. actually see individual pixels, where some actually look very smooth and polished. Well, you generally it depends on how much the game has to be doing. Yeah, because you obviously the higher the resolution, the the lower the frame rate you're going to well be seeing. And you'll be able to picture, you'll be able to see everything a lot clearer. Yeah. And if you don't have, you either have to have, like, next to no movement, or you have to have it as smooth as possible, otherwise. So you've got to, there's always got to be a balance between, yeah. There were balance between good and evil, you know. But yeah, it was, it was, I was expecting to say, as I said, I was expecting to feel sick through it. And I don't think... Even on some of the difficult tracks that I was playing on, I didn't feel that bad. I just felt annoyed that I was making silly mistakes. Oh, okay. But yeah, it wasn't oh, wasn't me. terrible. It wouldn't be a reason to pick up the VR, like just for Wipeout. But then I there are other I like games. the Wipeout games, but I'm not very good at them. So I was enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. I was. The first two games, I won both of them. And then the third game, I think I got to fourth. And they were like, sorry, mate, you got to call it quits. And I didn't get to finish it. Oh. It happens. It happens. 15 minutes of fun ends so quickly. Tell me about it, girls. <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> VR-wise. VR-wise, yeah. We also played They Suspect Nothing. No, they suspect. No, what don't they expect? Well, they're not expecting anything. Oh, it's what, because they listen some... to our show. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. That was good on the Oculus Go. That was a lot. I I knew nothing about it. The Oculus Go. Yeah, no, I had no idea. And it was for what it is. It's really good. Yeah, like, the resolution was incredible for. A handheld VR unit. Yeah. Never seen anything so cool. So, yeah, if, if out there anybody was considering uh, an Oculus for their... Um, uh, but they didn't want... They didn't have a PC capable... Oculus Go. Oculus Go. Wow. I don't... I, I wouldn't want to hesitate on the price. Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I've got no idea of what the price is like. And the sound... Was like directional. Oh, was it? Yeah. I I don't know if I could hear. Like I struggled to hear anything when I was playing it. 
it wasn't. But then obviously we're on a show floor. Oh yeah, true. Full of tons of people, screaming kids, getting excited about seeing Call of Duty and Fortnite. And Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's that game? Sorry, I, I don't know anything about it. Fork knife. Fork knife. Is but, that free already? <laughs> yeah. God Almighty. Though I did play Battlegrounds, PUBG. PUBG. My very first game of PUBG. Eighth in solos. Thank you. And how many people did you kill? I did what? It's not about the killing, it's about the survival. So I didn't need to kill anyone. How many people did you kill? How many people did you see on the screen? I saw one. (laughs) And what happened when you saw that one? He killed me. <laughs> but you came eight. I came eight. You're Thank in the you top ten. Much. I was top ten. Top ten. My very first game and zero kills. It's not about the kills, Phil. <laughs> True. Um. Well, it is when you get down to first and second. I was. I was only determined because he said, "Oh, if you win, you get an extra." Uh, it was a twenty pound voucher for really something or another. I yeah, did yeah. Not hear that. Yeah. If I knew that, I Because I, I thought, oh, the goodie bags underneath are obviously just for playing. Yeah. So when he said that there was a bigger prize, I was more determined to uh to Were you just going to drop in and then hope someone killed you? If he didn't tell you about the bigger prize, would you have just dropped in and ran away at round in circles until someone found you? Well, no, because I didn't want them to be like, this guy's just... Sitting down here to get a goodie bag. <laughs> I probably would have ran around but finding people. in order to get my Spider-Man t-shirt that I was determined to get my hands on, yep. um, I, I leaned over the barrier and I said to the guy, I was like, can I get one of those t-shirts I played the other day and they'd run out? And he's like, I can't just give you a t-shirt, mate. But if you come in and sit down and rather than perhaps staying for the full 20-minute demo... You you just gave you give up like ten minutes in. Come and see me. Get a t-shirt, and then you can. I was like, oh okay. He's like, so half of the half of the time that you would don't even wait for it to finish, and then just get up and come and see me. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I I couldn't concentrate on the demo because I'm kind of glancing over. I'm like, whenever people go past and get given a t-shirt, because it would just be my luck that I'd go over and he's like. I've got none left, mate. I've got none left. I've got none. So, like, I couldn't concentrate on playing the game at all, and I'm just, like, glancing over at the guy. And a big crowd of people then went over to him. Like, they all stood up at once. And did I was you like, panic? <laughs> did you panic? <laughs> I did a bit. So I just put the controller down and got up and joined them. And he was like, oh, you're done already? I was like, yep. T-shirt, please. <laughs> T-shirt, please. T-shirt, please. T-shirt, please. Um, but Spider-Man was good. It was. And had I not been sidetracked with the lure of awesome free Spider-Man t-shirt, I'd have sat and concentrated on playing it and beating people up. Beating people up. Beating up those bad guys. Yeah. Them baddies. Totally beating up those bad guys. Well, speaking of web-slinging, let's talk about something that kind of had swinging in it. Swinging? Swinging. Tomb Raider. Yes. That kind of had swinging in it. That was a good segue, Phil. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. The odd occasion. Tomb Raider was good. 
Tomb Raider was good. Shadow of Tomb Raider. <laughs> that was good. That was very good. Yeah, no, Tomb Raider's really good. But then I didn't even realise it was already out. Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, yeah, I liked... I will be getting Tomb Raider. Just not just yet. Just not yet. There's too many games. Um, Because there is also... Fist of North Star coming out next month. Which I got to play. Uh, I played a bit, but <laughs> I'd already played the <laughs> Japanese demo. Oh, had you? Yours. Okay. It's good. It is good. Explosions of heads everywhere, left, right and centre. Yeah. Sticking thumbs in ears. Yeah. <sighs> I had no idea what Fist of the North Star was until playing that. Oh, you've and never seen any of the anime? To be honest, I still don't really know what the fist of the North Star is. Well, that the guy North who Star. you play, Kenshiro, he is the f- fist of the North Star. And he literally, his fists will explode people. And it's kind of Mad Max, kind of a dystopian desert-like future. Um, of rebels and scum. Of rebels and scum, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the anime, but... Um, the game's made by the studio that make the Yakuza series, so. Yeah, the guy that I sat next to was like, this is exactly the same as Yakuza. Exactly the same sort of yeah. fundamentals. Well, just they've got, um, they've just announced, they've got some, like, judge detective thing that they're now working on as their next. Because they've done Yakuza 6, so they're just like, right. We've remade one and two. Um, we've just r- done six. We're going to do a different game now. Although they are doing HD remakes of um, Yakuza's three and four. And maybe five. And oh, one. and yeah, and maybe five as well, yeah. <laughs> I well, wouldn't mind if they did um, a HD remake of... Dark, uh, Dead, no, what was it called? Yakuza Dead Souls, I think. And it was like a zombie spin-off. Oh, I think I saw that. HG remakes are massive nowadays, aren't they? Yeah. Just think, you've had Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. (laughs) You've had Yakuza. Yeah. You've had Last Guardian. Yeah. And what's this year? Last Guardian, you mean Shadow Colossus. Shadow Colossus. And what's this year? What's this year? Would it be Spyro the Dragon? It is. Well it done, is. Phil. You're I'm two for two. You are on it, sir. Yeah, Spyro was good. <clears throat> Spyro was exactly as I remember it. And this is this is going to be me being big kiddish, but it rem- like it lo- literally felt exactly the same. Even down to the graphics in my head, if that makes sense, from when I was a kid when I played it, it graphically felt the same. I know that's going to sound really weird and really obscure, but well, because yeah, looking back at the time, you yeah. were like, "Wow, these it's graphics!" It's how I envision it now. Yeah, yeah. From what I remember, like from what was it twenty twenty odd years since it was first made? Yeah, something like that. Probably 22, I'd say. 90, was it 96 or 98 that came out? Um, Probably 98. It wasn't... Let's have a gander. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm well, I'm not the biggest Spyro fan. 
Um, but the <laughs> controversial. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the demo. I I loved the animation and the scenery. It looked stunning. It and the it was the controls were really smooth and ninety eight was was ninety eight ninety eight yeah. So it's literally been it's like twenty years. Twenty years. Twenty years to the well to the year. Yeah, that's year. exactly it. Yeah, twenty years ago, so I'd have been like nine years old. I'd have been sixteen. Yeah, yeah, was I right? Seventeen. That's close. <laughs> no, I'd have been. No, I'd have been eighteen. Sorry, oh, you'd been when 18. am I? Yeah, yeah, because we're Gosh. September, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, feeling old. Anyways, speaking of things that are old, oh, <laughs> we're oh. gonna go segway, segway moments, segway moments. Things that are really old, yeah. Go on, like Stonehenge. <laughs> I know where this is going. And isn't it funny how Stonehenge is the locate is what is one of the locations in which title in the game The Bradwell Conspiracy. Was it Bradwell Segway. conspiracy? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bradwell conspiracy. Something, something, uh, something, something. Stonehenge, I think it was called. Um, I want to have a quick look now. Yeah, and we <laughs> interviewed Holly and, and George. Oh no, just the Bradwell conspiracy. Um, who are two of the devs on the team behind this game? Um, so yeah, we'll hand over to the interview. Uh, it's day day three, and we are back. Um, we're actually lounging it, press lounging it, and I've got a cup of coffee going on. Phil hasn't; he's opted to uh, just engross himself in the the game. Um, so yes, we have two guests with us this time. Um, thank you very much for joining us. If you wouldn't mind telling us who you are and why you're here. Uh, I'm Holly Pickering, and I'm the art director and narrative designer of The Bradwell Conspiracy. I'm George Backer. I'm the game director and also narrative designer on The Bradwell Conspiracy. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, so, The Bradwell Conspiracy, uh, we've been chatting about it for the last sort of few minutes because we've been running late. And um, But for the people at home listening, what is The Bradwell Conspiracy? The Bradwell Conspiracy is a first-person adventure about two strangers who have to work together in order to escape a very dangerous situation. And by doing that, they're uncovering a mystery. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> He's done this before. He's professional building it up. Um, so the facility itself that we've got here um, has something to do with the crowns that you're wearing. Want to describe what the crowns are? The well, I've already been told. <laughs> it, well done, Phil. Um, we've already been told um, what the crowns are. Yeah. Um, and it's the it's Stonehenge, isn't it? That is correct. And the only the only henge of stone, as far as I'm aware. There are that, no wooden henges or anything like that. that. that uh, yeah, I mean. Foam, foam, foam or henge. foam henge, yes. Uh, I've got foam henge on my head. That we've now created, yeah. That we've created. And, um, and Trademark. Crowns. Uh, crowns? Crowns? Crowns, I mean. <laughs> crowns. Sorry, I don't know whether my 
So yeah, so it is. It's so the game starts off in Stone Age. In fact, it starts off in the year 2026. So it happens in a few years' time. At that time, there will be the new Stone Age Museum. And why is the new Stone Age Museum? That I can quickly explain as well, because the government right now considers to. Uh, divert the A303 that passes by Stonehenge at the moment. Uh, that is a real thing, and they're thinking about uh, digging a tunnel uh, to alleviate the traffic. So that is in the real world, and we just took the idea a little bit further, and went like, what is if that really happens? Uh, what is if, when they do that digging thing, they discover like an undiscovered, until that point, cave system? And then what is if the Stonehenge gets in danger of like collapsing? And what is if a very nice company called Bradwell Electronics with Bradwell Foundation steps in and says, don't worry, we're here, we're going to fix this up, we're going to build a new museum, we're going to secure the site, and, uh, and we're going to just have a new museum there. And then the player then starts off uh, regaining consciousness a few couple of years after the museum opened, and um, when the whole place is collapsing again okay. for other reasons than instability. And uh, yeah, so that's where the player starts off, and then there is obviously more to that, uh, to those caves, and what Bradwell did in those caves, which you will find out very quickly. So uh, it's the name of the company was Bradwell Electronics. Bradwell Electronics, and they've got this facility underneath uh, Stonehenge, um, which as to the player, their intentions are unknown. Yes. Um, but you find yourself in this situation where it's collapsing. Um, it's, uh, is the story told as you're progressing through? Is it a case of um, via uh, pickup items or is there uh, things activated? Uh, almost, uh, I want to say, kind of portal-esque, yeah. where you'll you'll enter an area and things will come to life as you enter, recognizing that there is a, a presence. It's far more organic than that. I think it's it's like we the two mechanics that we have is uh, we've got one which is all about communication, which is where instead of you talking to other the other character, the other stranger, which you can't because you've got uh, a your voice is screwed over by all the smoke. You take photos. So okay. you take photos of the environment. Uh, you've got like these smart glass-like devices in the game and you um, take photos, you send it to Amber, who's the other person who's, who's you're trying to get out of with out of this uh, facility. Um, and uh, so the only way, so you just send her photos and she will, you know, respond to that and she will tell you like, you know, can you figure out this? Can you go and send me a photo of that? Or you can be like, hey, Amber, what do you know about this? Well, not that you say that, you just send her a photo. And so we've, that, that's, the, that's one of the mechanics. The other one is um, what Phil is, I think, experiencing right now. Is, uh, is, is he doing experiencing it right now? I don't know where he is in the game. So I'm just looking at I think at he's the... checking on whether or not that plant needs watering. Oh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not... Well, um, <laughs> uh, yes, he's not quite there yet. But anyway, the other mechanic is all about 3D printing. So we've got, you've got this portable 3D printer where you can instantly print and reclaim objects from the world. Okay. And com combined with this and the photo mechanic, you and Amber organically then try to get out of that facility. And then, obviously, that's always much easier than... Said to set the yes. nun, that is what Holly said. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think I might have to get, take Holly, you need to take over. I need to help Phil. Okay, sure. <laughs>
Do you have any more questions? Oh, yes, sorry. Um, so what we're, uh, the facility itself is starting to, uh, is coming down, is collapsing. Um, do we know the reason for this or is this, um, uh, is it just, is this all happening as we're woken up and we're woken up by the, the facility starting to deteriorate? Yeah, well, it's important to distinguish um, the thing that's initially collapsed is the museum that's above, which is obviously a public facing uh, place. So you're the, so the idea is you were just like a visitor here at this place. Okay. If you're completely um, innocent of any of these things and just um, being thrown into this situation that um, you definitely weren't expecting. Um, whereas Amber is uh, actually an employee of this facility. So she was on her way trying to get out. Um, so there was an initial... Uh, explosion which um, there's uh, some radio that um, gets played to the player uh, quite early on about like you know there there's some history with Bradwell and them being the targets of terrorism um, and that having a big impact on on their family the the Bradwell family who run all these uh, companies um, and so there's is it is it them like why are they being targeted for these things and um, and then why is there this facility there? Yeah. And so there, yes, there's effects of the explosion that we can see in the environment. It's definitely upset a lot of things, but it's not like a race against time or anything. It's definitely a, you're going into these um, abandoned locations and being able to kind of take in um, all the stories that have been left behind. It's, it's definitely a um, game where you can take your time and uh, explore, read all read all the emails, read all the bits of paper that have been left around. We, we've taken a long time to make sure all of the background narrative that we've worked really hard on getting together is then seeded throughout the world. Um, so players who take the time to like read all the things will get a really deep understanding of like where this place is, like why it's here, what may have led to these things happening. Um, and we'll come away with a really deep understanding of the world. Um, and players who go through and are less interested in those things will have like this exciting adventure with Amber, which is akin to a kind of like Spielberg sort of film where it's kind of, um, it's got drama, it's got humor, and it's like very accessible as a story to everyone was something that we really wanted to key in on, I would say. Because you know, horror games have been done quite a bit now and, yes. and we were like, we all love them, but it's like we wanted to do, try to do something different. I mean, Sorry. Oh, sorry. She was like, Holly was waving at me. I was like, what did I do wrong now? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, yes. So, uh, and um, yeah. Yes. So the, the art style, it's almost fairly simple in how, in how it comes across, but you've got some uh, the textures and everything, it's its almost a kind of, it's, uh, see, I, I'm terrible. Um, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a really nice art style that uh, we've got here. It's not uh, super real, but its it's got that almost kind of a cartoony kind of an element to it with a hint of realism. Uh, is there a particular reason why that was, why that was chosen? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the 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 journey of the art direction is actually a really interesting one. Um, and I'll hopefully write something detailed about it in the future. But um, it's memoirs. yeah, in my memoir of it, in the post mortem we eventually do. Um, 
but it came, we really wanted it to be a stylized game because, uh, you know, as we say, we wanted it to be accessible. We wanted it to really pop out when people would see like images of it. Um, so we knew we wanted it to be stylized and we're a much small, like we're quite a small team. So it was important for us to do something that was doable with a small team. Like we've had a maximum of like five artists on at a time, um, but we've generally been about two or two, one artists in some cases. So um, yeah, so having something that's kind of like pared down was doable for us and made sure that we could get in all the assets and the storytelling that we want to get in. Um, but also from just uh, an idea point of view, we wanted it to be focused on um, an impression of a place. It's very impressionistic in terms of like, if you look at impressionistic painting and that sort of stuff, it's all about being like, what are the core elements you need to see? And we wanted to pare down any noise or anything that would be distracting. Um, so even like we have rubble in there, but that it's the idea of rubble rather than being able to look in and see minute little stones and things like that. Um, so that we've kind of taken that across all of the art. Um, and as a result, we've kind of come, come up with this very unique art style. Um, and it's been, it took us a while to find that because it's only when um, we started looking at different uh, architectures, for example, like we ended up sticking with brutalism as our main architecture style. Um, one, it's easy for us to do, but two, it really ties in with um, the story and the idea that this is like a very, these, these, this, these people, the Bradwells, had like this very egalitarian sort of um, standing and uh, that brutalism as an architecture form was designed with that in mind and it was about places for the people. Um, so we've gone with that and also brutalism so often used with like dystopians and we wanted this to feel like a much more warm space, something similar to like the Barbican uh, in London, which is like this very creative space and yeah, it's all this concrete, it feels very like it shouldn't go together but it does so that's you know that I really wanted to include that um, and yeah I mean it's I, what Holly said and I think uh, the the and also the art as, as Holly said like art style tie in with the story tie in with the world everything should feel coherent that was from the get go whatever we would do not just the art style but audio music game mechanics, story, background story, dialogue, whatever we write, whatever we put in, the dressing, everything, they just needed to feel like it's part of the same, made of the part of the same cloth, you know, so it feels like coherent. Um, and it's a lot, yeah, it's quite tough to do, I think. And, you know, this is why it, it wasn't just a, uh, like a quick, uh, we, you know, it took us a while, we took, it was a journey to get there, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, you mentioned the, the sound there, uh, it's very, atmospheric i mean i uh phil's been engrossed in playing there but i did pinch the headphones off him and uh, it was very atmospheric sad, by the way when you did that i don't think that was a very nice thing to do because he looked that? very when sad when i took the headphones off yeah. him yeah but he's he's all right he just he, he's in his own little world it's <laughs> just leave him be what? <laughs> uh, yeah exactly um but uh the sound itself was very atmospheric um, it gave the uh, it gave the um, what's the word I'm looking for the impression of isolation that you're finding. Um, there was distant rumbles that you because uh, I initially thought there was something stomping around up up upstairs above us, but uh, you said it's it's the building falling apart. Um, so was that all part of the package that you, the uh, audio, the direction that the audio wanted to take was to bring all of this together? Yeah, we've got a sound designer. We have actually two sound designers. Uh, we, when, uh, in the beginning, well, 
we handed it over. Uh, there was one sound designer who was very, who kind of like set there, uh, you know, set a lot of that up as well. And then he had to go and do another project. Uh, and then we had uh, Ali come in as well. But they were like met friends, so they knew each other. So it's you know, it, it, so, but very much so that for me, audio is very important. Like uh, I've I've done audio production in the past um, as well uh, in games. And I don't have an audio background as such. I'm not like an audio technician or whatever, but it's just like I got involved with the production of it. And it's it, it's a lot of people don't realize how important it is or how much you can do with it. So for me, it was always important to get an audio person on very fairly early on, I think, you know, and uh, they they loved the idea of the game. And, they, uh, and it's also important to find the right people. So in this case, it was like perfect fit because Ali totally understood what we wanted to do and understood what the art style was and everything else and just totally ran with it. And uh, yeah, and it's like, it's 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 because all the people working on it, it's like a collaboration, that's what we call it, you know, that's that's kind of like, because the way this game is made is, um, it's like, um, we all kind of like our own agents, we're all like freelancers, um, and there's a production called, company called A Brave Plan, happens to be sort of like, I kind of like created this production company so I could make projects uh, that and find the right people for the projects and work with them together. Because what I didn't want to do is like have one fixed studio and just shove in projects and get them out. It's like, who, who's the best person for the project sort of like thing. And that's how we've been working. And, you know, and that we were able to get great people because of that as well, you know, and it really feels like a collaboration between uh, people and their and their passions and uh, otherwise you know you wouldn't probably it would be very tough to get something that's so that feels so coherent uh, together for uh, you know for for the team size that we have yeah to jump in something about the audio as well just to um, we also have Austin Wintry doing our music um, and there's been a lot of uh, cross-pollination between like the sound design and the music because we always wanted the music to be part of the world um, and for it to have a sense of um, that it was there for a reason and so they've worked really closely together on making sure them when the sound design would sing and when the music would sing <laughs> sounds odd um, but yeah, so that they've worked together really closely on that, and the and the feeling of isolation, and um, that the sound design really um, comes to a forefront because this is a like, you know, a place where people were but are not now not. So it's all quite static, and it's really the the sound design and the music that really brings the atmosphere of the place. That's fantastic. It's um, you say it's only uh, a maximum of about five of you who've been working on the game. Sorry to jump in here. So that's uh, that's um, it's uh, we've been about 20, 25 total, but five at a time. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. sort of like saying right. Uh, so so, but we you know if we needed some lighting specialist, we got in some lighting specialists. Uh, if we okay. needed some, and um, with the art room as well, you know, depending on um, how much art we needed at any given point, you know, we've had people who've been like. Um, the art team has been growing and shrinking depending on, or for example, level design is a great one. We've, uh, once Holly and I figured out what we wanted to do with, with the, the different chapters, where they should, how the, where the locations should be and how the locations should look like. We worked with a level designer who just happened, it's a really great level designer. He just happened to be between projects and he was like the perfect fit and he was building us those levels, the, yeah, the prototype. Yeah, gave, gave us a couple of months of his time to yeah. put together the levels and a couple of iterations, and then we were like, brilliant, that's brilliant. Now we can we walk through the world, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and so, yeah, so it's been like, a, and it's interesting as well from a game development point of view, because we started off with this very small prototype, three people only built that prototype, 
2014 end until about uh, January, February 2015. So we had a really good idea of what the game was at that point. And then it took us a while, but then we took the time to work out the mechanics, how they work, to work on the art style. So we had like a period where we had more artists and we, we knew what we wanted. So we, had, we, we created what we call a vertical slice, which is a playable section of that game. And then we needed to kind of like do the rest for the rest of the game. So we needed, you know, with the art team and some of the team shrank again whilst we figured out all that stuff. And then at the end, we like got more artists again because we now needed to dress the place and whatnot. So it was a really dynamic, a really good way of working because that way you could just focus on on the job that that's ahead rather than about worrying about everyone. You know, and has everyone got work to be doing all yeah. that sort of thing? Because you're like, if you're here, you're definitely needed, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it was, and everybody like like work, uh, loved working that way because we're all freelancers. So for them, that was like, yeah, that's what we do anyway. Yeah. We do, then, and we totally understand. So it's been uh, so you've been. I mean, you've been sort of diverting resources as and when has been needed, and you say it's been about three and a half years. I think it is. Well, I for. It depends. We, we started official development three and a half years ago, October 2014, I think. It was November, October yes, it was 2014. Nearly four years. For nearly four years. It's in this really case. Of <laughs> but but I, I, I mean, I've been working on this sort of like trying to put this together since beginning of 2014, so even longer okay. than that, right? But, but, uh, but obviously, it takes time to do, get the funding and all that stuff together. So, yes, um, it's been a while, but, uh, and we've been quiet along this while, so like for. Three, yeah, for that amount of time, not that many people knew what we were doing, and it was, you know, it was uh, really sad that you couldn't tell people. <laughs> Everybody was like, "Ah, I'm watching two games whilst you are still working on that project that you can't name." <laughs> um, and you say you're about eighty percent now. What's the what kind of a time frame are you looking at for version one? Well, we well, so the release there hasn't been announced because Boss Studios they're publishing it and. We're going to multi go, go multi-platform, so they're sorting all out the business end and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but from a development perspective, we've, we've 80% means like we've got the we've got the all the chapters there. We can play through the game, but we need to bug fix a lot of bugs. We need to do a lot of like a polishment, polish, dialogue writing, additional writing that is mm -hmm. uh, because the photo mechanic is one of those where the more people play, the more we realise what where we need more variation. So we just need to do all that, and that's the you know you know the famous saying the last 20% take <laughs> almost 80% of the time so it, it's 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 close but just uh, just need to we just need to get down and, and finish it and that's why it's so good to have boss on board because they deal with all the business and the testing side yeah. and we can just go and focus on making it the best game we can make and um so you've got the build here on the show floor you say it's the first time that it's been uh out to the public playable um, reactions been good so far not that we would not that we would actually put into the interview where they'd be like oh no they came across and they were like no this game's absolute <laughs> it's, been, it's been really good I mean it's been really good and I think that's that wasn't that was kind of like nerve nerve-wracking for us because we hadn't you know this game is in a very fast stage and we hadn't had let the public play it yet up until this point so yeah. you know luckily they would liked it because otherwise it would have been like mm, what are we going to do now yeah they don't like it but it was really good so far yeah people have been really positive and really um 
uh, talking like I'm, I'm amazed how many people are taking the time to read everything for example that I've put on the walls um, and for me that's the stuff I do for game players like me who like to take in all of that stuff um, and I don't think of them there being that many of them and yet so many people are like taking the time to take all that in and saying like oh it's very engaging and like I'm really interested in like this history that's there and I'm like I'm so glad you find this interesting as well because like I do um, so yeah we've just had some really great conversations with people who are like this is really the sort of thing I'm into and I can't wait for it to come out and I'm like oh it's so validating because you spend as you're saying like nearly four years of your life kind of working on this thing in isolation you get so close to it and invested in it that you're like I can't tell if it's good anymore and like I really hope that people like it um, and they really have so it's been really validating as a human <laughs> yeah I mean that is I think it's really it's really strange because I've been working games for about 20 years now and for me the the first time you show it to the public or let the public play is always like the best and the worst at the same time and um yeah and uh, but obviously this one's very close at heart because we've been working so hard for it but uh, but then seeing people get people coming up to you like yeah you've yeah, played the game I like you're like good good and then you just like you just hope that you know that continues just yeah. because uh, but also the other thing is like the feedback that we got like even useful feedback you know that you can only get when you let fresh minds look at it yeah. you know, fresh point of view is it's been really super useful already and that helps us finish the game. Mm, although the standard question we've got is, is that really Jonathan Ross in the induction? <laughs> Did you have that same reaction? So yeah. you go. Phil had, I could see when he was in that section, Phil was like, hmm, doing this. And he was like, uh, yes, we have, Jonathan Ross is doing a cameo in the game. Okay. And Phil is listening to his voice right now. Or has been listening for the last for the last, time, <laughs> yeah. the last uh, five minutes. Yes. So, because uh, Jonathan Ross uh, quite famously is a gamer himself, um, so how does it come about getting him as as a role in the game? What's well, the... it was so he's first of all I've worked with him before. Uh, he's done a cameo in Black uh, no, Fable Two, which I worked on as well, and he'd. And I, I worked with him as well after that on a game, and and I just and I asked him because no, here's the thing: like Phil, Phil knows what I'm talking about, and you don't, which no. is really funny because the section that Jonathan appears as a cameo is the section which is like the induction section, which explains a lot about the 3D printing mechanic. But the way we designed it is like a over-the-top employee induction presentation. Okay. You know, when you work for a big company, you have to go yeah. through all these videos and they health and safety and all that stuff. And we took that approach panned it out with loads of puns and stupid dad jokes in a way mm -hmm. and and over the top really over the top and then it was for us it was like mm, we should ask Jonathan if he wants to do it because that sounds like that yeah, sounds make something a fun, good make a fun game tutorial uh, yeah. but it's just over the top and doesn't take itself too seriously was a so yeah it's like Disney like a Disney walk around ride yeah. uh, mixed with an employee induction yeah. uh, plus very English awful puns, uh, and you get you get the, the Bradwell conspiracy the, the, induction. I have to say, like <laughs> writing hard, writing bad puns is really hard. It's harder than you think. Mm. It, it gets really it, you clouds and stores. So, hey Phil, did you did you did you find it very nicely good over the top the induction thing? Was oh it? yeah, it's amazing. As soon as as soon as it came up, I was like, is that actually Jonathan Ross? <laughs> oh, that's why I was looking at you. I was like, really? <laughs> I've, I've, every now and again, you've been smirking and giggling to yourself in the corner, but then that's never really any different than normal. <laughs> so when the voices are uh, 
head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we uh, we don't really have a date for release quite yet, but um, aside from the last sort of day and a half that we have at EGX, where can people find out about the Bradwell conspiracy and keep a track on progress and such? There's a website called uh, www.thebradwellconspiracy.com. Go there. Uh, we also have a, a website about the company, Bradwell Electronics. So it's a company's website. So okay. if you go to www.bradwellelectronics.com, you can find out more about Bradwell Electronics. And uh, yeah, on social media, just follow Bosses Studios. Uh, they, they, there will be information posted as soon as uh, they know more and we know more. And uh, or if you're still at EGX, come and play. It's it's in the rest section. We are here till tomorrow evening. Um, unless you're listening to this after rest, don't go to Birmingham now. When you're listening to it now, no, and it's it after rest. Don't, don't don't do that. You yeah. might bump into another show. You might bump into like. <laughs> The best chair show or something. Ideal home exhibition. Yeah, ideal home exhibition. All oh, right, no, there's a, there's an international dollhouse exhibition. Dollhouse exhibition. Yeah, yeah, there is one. That's yes. That's so. where we're booked tomorrow, isn't it? What? Where am I? Dollhouses. That's all right. Just talking about dollhouses, Phil. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. No, I was going to say you can, and you can go to um, what is it? bradwellconspiracy.com and sign up to our mailing list and you will get any information directly into your there mailbox. You and you can um, also wish list it on you Steam. You can now wish list it on Steam uh, and be really do. nice for our algorithms, which we would appreciate because I don't understand how they work, but apparently no, that's not, good. I, I've heard of algorithms. I'm not, uh, I don't know. It's not a rhythm game, that's what I like. No. <laughs> do you know what? I'm surprised there hasn't been a rhythm game that's... Called Algae Rhythm. Algae Rhythm. And it's like an... Un you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's, it's a unofficial sequel to the Bradwell Conspiracy. Algae Rhythms. Yeah, there you go. Well, um, it's been fantastic chatting to you. Uh, I wish you both the best of luck with the Bradwell Conspiracy. Once it, you get that extra 20% of the spit and polish that's needed and we look forward to uh, seeing it in the future thank you so, so thank much. you very much for joining us no, thank you very much for having us <laughs> and we're back and we're back hello <laughs> we're back <laughs> can you feel it anyway oh, the anyway. uh the Browell conspiracy um it was a lovely lovely game kind yes i saw it portlish and portal mixed with um oh what's that name that blooming home oh i can't remember what it's called home hope no, it's not home but it's a, uh, it's like a G mod game. Okay. It has a similar sort of style to it, but it was a very very good game. Enjoyed. It looked good from what I could see. Puzzle orientated, like that's that's why I went for Portal. It's got that puzzle orientated sort of feel to it, which we all love. Yes. Um. So yeah, the Bradwell Conspiracy. Com. Do you know a whole Bradwell conspiracy set around, what was it, Stonehenge? Yeah. And do you know, back in the old days... Don't they, force this, Phil. They used to um, use... Well, they they put they lay the uh, Stonehenge down, depending on the stars. Now... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going. Right. Now, a lot of people back in the old days used to use stars as a well uh, way to tell people's futures and... They also used it in a way to tell people 
if they were sick or not. Mm. For example, Simon Foreman. <laughs> Those, that's some impressive Googling there. Si- Dr. Simon Foreman. Dr. Simon Foreman. But uh, before he was a doctor. He wasn't a doctor. No, well, he was an astrologaster. Well, astrologast? No, astrologaster is, if you listen to what the ladies said when we had a chat with them, is a disrespectful term for calling. Oh, yeah, calling of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, astrologist, I'm guessing, or some sort of. Yeah, he was medical an astrologist. Ast- yeah. Yeah, yeah, medical astrologist. When I mean medical, I mean, I'm just going to make it up on the spot. Yeah. Which is what you can literally do on that game. But it's a really good game. Yeah, very different. Like, different light shown on something. Like, a different, completely different way of playing a game. Mm. Kind of decision-based, but also very much not. For example, you have, like, what is it, about 9 to 12 different clients? I think uh, they said. Yeah, I think that's what they said. And um, your client will come to you. And we'll give you... But it's Shakespearean time. Shakespearean, yeah. And they're giving you things that they're worried about or they're ill. Well, or any any problem. Any problem in their life. That they believe can be... Financial. Yeah. Wellness. Relationships. And then you have to click on certain stars and then you have to... Uh, Give them a decision based on those stars. Hmm. Yeah, so very different. Can, so you can go, well, your husband's being stupid. Meow. Now you can sleep with me. Yes. That's literally one of the decisions you could make. That's the decision you always make. Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give our viewers a... Uh, Bad vision of me. Yeah, but we all know they all know you're a lad, Phil. I'm definitely <laughs> not a lad. I'm not a hipster. Not a lad. You are hipster lad. I'm not a hipster or a lad. Yeah. I'm just Phil. Just Phil. Just Phil. Mm. Just. Anyway. Anyway, can you make a segue from that? Can you make a segue to any game from that? I'm sure you can. But I don't know if we've already spoke about this game. If not, I've got an idea. Um, what did we play? We played Metro. See. I wouldn't have used that but one. That I wouldn't have see. made... Metro was alright. If we've already spoke about it, then we might we played, struggle. Um, what was that? Already spoke about this one that I was thinking of. What were you thinking of? Uh, Starlink. Starlink. Yeah, no, we've already spoken about Starlink. Actually... I know exactly where you can go with it. We played Travis Strikes again. I'll give you a clue. I'm gonna I'm gonna show 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 Stefan a picture and see if he gets it. And see if he can figure out where to go from it. Uh oh. <laughs> Destiny Yeah, but we did we play Destiny Oh no, we didn't play Destiny the first day, did we? No. Anyway, you've just given away the clue and the answer. What was what are you on about? I was I was trying to get you to uh link from Astrologlaster oh. to uh, the next game and do this whole endless one to another. No, I'm too tired to realise what you're doing there. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it going because I'm enjoying it. <laughs> well, there is a link in there, but because 
destinies like in space and stars are in space so <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's the uh, quickest and easiest way to segue that one that's i'm just that's i'm laying it out there just laying it On right out in front of you yeah destiny 2 is destiny 2 just another game yeah i w- only did it for the t-shirts <laughs> the many many t-shirts i'm wearing one now you are Look. you are quite literally Anyway, it was a game called Destiny 2, mm-hmm. Forsaken. We played, I'm not keen on Destiny anyway. We played the Gambit mode. Apparently. Which was, that was quite cool. It but was we game. were getting our ass kicked. It was a game. Yeah, and then I played again today and did a strike with some guys and we managed to finish it. Managed to finish it? Mm-hmm. That's fair. And we all... Uh, Gave each other handshake afterwards. Well done. Well done, well done guys. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Top, top. Pins the clock. Pim- <laughs> <laughs> Pins the clock. Pims the clock. Is that what you say when you're having one of your soirees? What, Pims the clock? Pims the clock. Pims the clock. Just as Pims the clock. Pims the clock. <laughs> Is Ebenezer good? Pims the clock. Um, anyway... Anyway, 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 Destiny was alright, it's mm. what you expect from a Destiny game, but moving forward, Destiny has planets on it. Yes, it does. <laughs> this is going to be gonna a terrible hurt yourself. segue. You're going to hurt yourself, this, Phil. <laughs> this is a terrible segue. People Do aren't going to want to hear segues ever again. <laughs> they probably already don't, but Destiny has planets on it. Yes. And with different aliens all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really do it. You look like you should be... Do you know what? Do you know what other game had tons of planets, probably, and tons of different uh, aliens and robots and things like that in it? Beacon. Hmm. Hmm. Beacon. Yes. Beacon. Yes, but we haven't got the interview for I'm that. I'm not going to go off the interview. I was just trying to oh, segue. okay. Because yeah, you can no, talk about is... Beacon. That was, yeah. It was a, it was a good sort of top down shooter. I've got the next segue. Ooh, oh, I'm ready. interested. This is going to be a lot better. But yes, we did play Beacon. Um, we did we have had an, interview. an interview, but the sound. So we're going to have to try and talk reschedule. I oh, see. We always lose one interview. Always. always, always. No matter what it is, it's always one. Yeah, and unfortunately, this one is Beacon. Because last year, or I think the year before, was Mechazoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, Beacon was, it's a rogue light, not yes. a rogue like. Rogue light. Um, and you're a clone. You're, well, you're one individual from get go, and then as you. Who has been cloning himself yeah. over and over and over and over and over. But you get different DNA strands that you can combine to make your character change. For example, when you were playing it, your you had a big spiky head. But when I played it and I put my DNA strands in, my head turned into just lights and I didn't have another arm. Oh. But I was really fast. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. My whole right arm has gone and I could only carry single, single-handed pistols and stuff. But 
I was insanely fast. Oh wow! Okay. So it does completely change the game. Ah, and um, yeah, you're basically going around like killing aliens and stuff. Rats and robots. Rats and robots. Another main... game that was at EGX this year that included robots. Yeah. And robots at the end of the world. Yeah. When everywhere's flooded. Yeah. And he's trying to find what's going on. Yeah. Is our next game. And we interviewed Nehru from Causeway. Causeway. And he's got the magnetic harpoon. He has got the magnetic harpoon. Um, so yeah. Here's Nehru. Hi folks, it's day two and it's Stefan back on the show floor. And uh, Phil is with me, but he is engrossed. He's been spending most of his weekend so far, and it's only Friday, engrossed in the games whilst I'm interviewing. Um, so we do have another guest. He'll probably join us in a minute, otherwise we've lost him. He's, he's away. Um, so we've got another guest with us now, uh, talking about their game that they have on the show floor, EGX 2018. Sir, thank you for joining us. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and why are you here? Yeah, so my name's Nehru uh, and the game I'm showing off here is Causeway, uh, which is a title I've been working on for about seven months. Uh, it's a, a tactical adventure roguelike, which is a thing I've made up because the game's quite odd. It's a mix of quite a few things and uh, I, haven't got a good, I haven't got a good acronym for it yet. So that's Fair about enough. as close as we can get. So we've got Causeway, it's a robot and he's got a magnetic harpoon from what I gathered. So what's the gist? Why is there a robot? Why is there barren land? And why does he have a magnetic harpoon? What a great series of questions. Yes, Allow me they? to address them. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, at the beginning of the game, get pulled out of the water. You've been under for quite a while. And the world is kind of, as you say, it's barren. It's pretty unrecognizable. It's very flooded. And uh, early on, you start to meet some characters and you realize quite quickly the humans have gone, no one knows where, no one knows why, and they're all a bit concerned about it. Uh, but you've kind of missed all this while you've been, while you've been under the water. Uh, the magnetic harpoon is a tool that is left with you by a stranger, and it allows you to essentially pull big chunks of the earth up to the water's surface, uh, so you can connect up all the disparate islands and all of the kind of various areas and sort of build a platform for the robots that are left to kind of have a little civilization on. And maybe over the course of that, do find out what did happen to all the humans and unlock the mysteries of what's been going on while you've been under the water. Uh -huh. So uh, we just see there, now Phil's talking to, there's a uh, floating device with a very f skippy. Um, and he has a very familiar voice <laughs> to him. Uh, so what is skippy? And why does he sound so familiar? Uh, great question. Well, Skippy's voiced by uh, the greatest voice actor I could afford at the time with my very small budget. So that, is, that would be me. Uh, I, am, <laughs> I am in the game. I, when I said it was a solo developer, I really meant it. Yeah. I'm going in. Um, and Skippy is a character that you meet very early on uh, who brings a little bit of levity to this dark world. Uh, he's a bit, kind of a castaway. He's been stranded on a little island, uh, charged up to a solar battery, just wondering if anything's... And he's gone a bit nuts. Uh, he's not sure what's going on. He's too scared to try and fly over the water in case his engines give out and he just sinks. 
so when you meet him, he considers he's an opportunistic little fella, and he considers uh, this his kind of golden ticket out. And uh, sort of over the course of the game, you guys build up a little bit of a rapport, and uh, he kind of helps you maybe unlock all of these uh, mysteries. Uh, so we've met Skippy, and we're starting to raise some land, and we've come across these flat, like, orange and white enemies that are locking onto us with lasers, and going from the roguelike elements, it's now switched to an almost turn-based kind of XCOM kind of a battle system. Um, where does an idea come from to, to smash two, these two kind of genres together? Sure. Um, so, I mean... If you look at the, the kind of design of the world being based on the Giant's Causeway, lends itself to this kind of grid-based hexagonal tactical environment. Uh, and I did feel that if you're going to be building the world around you, the most sort of, uh, the gameplay that lends itself most to environmental combat to me was always that tactical top-down turn-based XCOM style. Your positioning is so important. The environment is so important. Uh, and it seemed a, a kind of a clever marriage to make it so that if you're going to be designing the space around you, the way in which that can be most meaningful is if the, the combat that takes place really hinges on the environmental advantages you can have. Um, but the actual inspiration didn't come as much as I play XCOM to death. Uh, the inspiration didn't come from XCOM at all. Okay. Uh, there was a little indie game called Starseed Pilgrim uh, came out years ago that took very little through all. Uh, and that game kind of had you building the world around you as you went and trying to unlock puzzles. Uh, and then the other inspiration was Terraria. Um, in Terraria, the way that the bosses work is you summon them in. And they're so powerful, you don't stand a chance. So you're kind of always encouraged on YouTube or whatever to build an, an arena to fight them in. And I just thought, what a cool idea that you have the agency in your hand to make that fight easier by being smart in advance. Uh, and I just thought, that's such a cool thing. Why don't we take that forward and make that the entire gameplay mechanic, uh, that the fights are very much merciless unless you can be smart enough to build an area that you can navigate, that you can uh, use environmental advantages. Uh, that's basically where it all came from. So I was talking to... Uh one of your, uh, I'd say colleague, but you say you're a single... He's my marketing guy. Yeah, oh, he's your marketing guy. Um, and he was saying something about it being all procedurally generated. Yes. Um, is there a particular reason behind that you wanted... Uh, well, I'll let you... Sure. Um, so I, uh, I love a good roguelike. I love a good procedural world. But I also recognize that procedural worlds come with a lot of hang-ups being that they're not developer designed a lot of the time the algorithm is going to make something that's just so much less interesting than a human would uh, but what the kind of compromise here is that a human is making it that human is you there are kind of disparate procedural islands which have procedural upgrades and kind of a random path of oh I didn't know okay I can discover this avenue I can discover this avenue but the majority of the, the, the setting is, is player driven I didn't make it you made it yeah, a computer didn't make it, you made it. And that way you can kind of uh, turn what would be these kind of small procedural spaces into interesting design spaces just by sort of thinking ahead and wondering what would happen if I did this and this and this. And a lot of the time you'll die, a lot of the time it won't work. But the times that you don't die and it does work, uh, you're, you're going to be the person that made that happen, yeah. not the, the random roll of a dice. So, I mean, what we're seeing here, I'm guessing this is the opening, the starting area. Um, you've got a lot of uh, stonework. Um, and you see so, sort of areas of kind of vegetation that would necessarily uh, would usually be under the sea. Yeah. Um, as we proceed through, what other kind of areas are we are we going to see? I mean, a lot of stuff uh, you say is underwater. Um, are we going to see other forms of vegetation? Do we move on to what kind of worlds are we to expect? Sure. So um, everything you're dredging up 
has been under the sea for some time. And it's typically, a bit like you were saying, there's, a veg there's some coral, for example. There's, there's vegetation that's kind of grown over that area. But you will find as you bring up some of these chunks that some of the things that were there uh, hold some kind of mysterious interest and give you some of the clues as to what's happened to humanity. Uh, and as well as that, there are islands that haven't yet sunk. And some of those have structures on them, uh, information on them, and, and kind of uh, methods of sort of environmental storytelling, I guess, if I'm going to be a developer about it, um, that, can, that will start to give away something of what's happened. Uh, some of the areas that you find uh, that you haven't dredged up uh, are very different looking than the kind of spaces that you've, that you've pulled up yourself. Uh, and hopefully from that you can start to piece together what did happen here. Um, so what, as we're, we're moving forward, we find we've got a couple of actions to start with uh, in the battle system uh, where you can dash, which I guess is your standard movement. And then you've got your upper upswing. Um, as uh, our character, sorry, I don't think I've actually asked. What's the character's, the robot's name? Does he have an... He... Oh, you'll find out in time. Oh, okay. Aha. Um, so the the character himself, who you play as, as you uh, keep going, does he gain uh, new moves? Does he? Yeah. Sure. So part of the uh, the procedural element as well is there are, and you can find some in the demo. There are little black boxes, and these black boxes, when unlocked, essentially are the ejected cores of other robots that have passed into the water, and that contains some of their data, which allows you to access some of the things they were able to do earlier. Okay. Uh, so those black boxes typically contain new abilities or new passive upgrades, and that is completely procedural, a la something like your Binding of Isaac. Um, and so those, uh, those abilities range uh, in quite different directions, and you can sort of customize a build. So one of the things that is in here, uh, though it is quite hidden, is the Momentum Punch. Uh, the Momentum Punch is an action that deals more damage uh, for the amount you've moved in any given turn. Okay. So running big, wide arcs and rings allows you to kind of land one big hit. Um, but you'll find a lot of things tend to combo together, and that's sort of how this works, because it's sequential combat. You're not just doing one move, you're doing three or four in a row. Um, that a lot of these things, it sort of makes sense. Oh, I see this would go here, then here, then here. But I also need to make sure I end my turn here. So how can I do this sequence in a smart way? And more importantly, is there anything I can use in the future, build-wise, uh, that will make this uh, easier to execute? Yeah. So we, uh, we've got those standard enemies there as we progress. I guess as our character works his way up. I guess there's going to be um, further enemies that are just that little bit more difficult with uh, more dangerous attacks and such. Um, what are we looking at in terms of uh, bad guys to beat up? So um, those guys there, you sort of mentioned the, the kind of flat orange fellas, sort of roughly based on a manta ray. And uh, just sort of for the sake of visual cogency, everything kind of has this weird nautical theme to it. The teleporter itself is kind of designed around a whale carcass. Uh, everything kind of feels like this old dead sea. Um, and there are plenty of enemies that uh, just didn't feel didn't feel fair to put into the EGX build, to be honest, because the game is quite cruel. Um, but we've got uh, all kinds of different robots, some of which have just gone a bit nuts from being under the water, some of which seem to have an agenda, uh, which again kind of all becomes uncovered as the game moves forward and progresses, uh, and the enemies that are much larger and much more intimidating than the, the little uh, goofy drones that you find there that still managed to kill both of you, it looks like. So, yes. uh, yeah, we, um, we're, I think we're going to have to come back and give it... I'm determined to uh, get past those two. I could, I could face off against two, but it's the three... That's Phil's got skills, that's what it is. <laughs> Phil's got skills. 
and he likes a good roguelike. Yeah. So uh, you're saying you get the uh, you pick up the black boxes as you go through. Um, are those permanent upgrades that you can switch around, or is it a case of once you die, you drop that, um, and along the way you've got sort of the temporary ones, or are those black boxes always dropped and you have to? So uh, it's it's guys you might suspect with a roguelike, those are kind of per run, uh, but they're kind of they're quite liberally handed out. Uh, they're just varied enough that your builds will always feel a little different, and your playstyle will always have a nuance to it. That said, the hub area that you start in, as you build out there, all those changes are permanent. So the characters you meet, the space that you build uh, in the hub stays, and you might be able to unlock things from within the hub world that are sort of permanent fixtures and changes and minor upgrades to your character. Though for the most part, these are a narrative or just allowing you more options, affording you more things you can go and find in the world. Uh, because each run is supposed to kind of have its own flavor. Uh, and as you guys saw, you can die quite easily. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it helps to be able to take a different tack into the next run. Fantastic. So uh, you said before that this has been about seven months so far, and it's just you. So the music as well, every... I was going to... Let me credit my music and my sound design fairly. The development of the, the code and the art was me. But I had a brilliant, uh, brilliant help from my sound designer and my composer. Uh, I've been absolutely beautiful on this, and I think the game sounds incredible. Uh, that's not something I've done, with the exception of Skippy's voice. That is, that is my contribution to the sound. Uh, so uh, we've had seven months down so far. Um, how, what kind of progress is uh, is Causeway up to, and when are you hoping to uh, have a full version one? Shall we say? Um, so currently, it's in the stage where I'm still looking for funding for the project. Uh, being a one-person team is is very draining, uh, and I would really love to get someone else on uh, full-time to help me on with this, uh, and that will come through perhaps getting a publisher in. I imagine there'll be a crowdfunding campaign coming soon if uh, people are curious enough about it, following on from you know some media coverage, uh, which hopefully will be uh, a possibility. And then depending on how, how quickly I can get a team together, the goal was always to get this thing in early access at the end of 2019. Um, because right now uh, everything's there but uh, not everything is quite as polished as perhaps the things you've seen and a lot of the enemies are just more than anything uh, quite hideously dangerous <laughs> and it just it really at the moment it doesn't feel fair to throw anyone into that world um, but at the moment uh, yeah doing balancing both of those things the, the programming side of it and the artistic side um, has meant that some corners have had to be cut that I would like to go back and completely send down uh, and perhaps hand off the artistic duties to someone else who's familiar with the style and uh, and we can take this forward and, and finish it off by 2019. Fantastic. Anything you want to... No. No, I really oh. enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah. Just sat there, just killing away, flipping things around. As you do. <laughs> but that's your day-to-day. -day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> killing and flipping, yeah. Kicking ass, flipping names. Something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly, that's a beautiful Yes. <laughs> yeah. You can have that on your box art. Perfect. There you go. Um... So yeah, uh, if you want to now, just sort of few short uh, minute or so, just reel off uh, where people can find out about Causeway, um, and this is your time to kind of sell it. Plug, plug, plug. plug okay, plug, guys. Plug. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna be able to follow the game's progress, um, as is sort of customary, Twitter's your go-to place uh, at Causeway Game is the tag for the game uh, and there's also a website causewaygame.com uh, which has just been pulled down so that we can get all the new EGX stuff up but we'll probably be back up very shortly uh, and the progress can sort of be followed there 
otherwise, just tune in. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, then keep listening, folks, for all of those. Uh, yeah, for all of the all of that news and the interviews and games coverage to justify our press passes. Yeah, which every year we kind of struggle that little bit more. Well, I do. Last the last couple of years I have. But anyway, that's fine. Um, so yeah, that's Causeway Game. Uh, Causeway Game. Yeah, Causeway Game is the yeah. Um, it's four o'clock already and I'm flagging. <laughs> I think we need to go and find some of that more free monster that they've got over there. Yes. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we wish you the best of luck with Causeway and I hope the rest of your weekend is, uh, is just as awesome as hopefully the last two days have been. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. There you go. There we go. Causeway. Causeway looks, with Nehru. Yes. Uh, looks promising. Considering the guy's been making it for seven months, he's done a blimming good job of it. To say blimming. the least. Blimming. I use blimming quite a lot there. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, keep an eye out for that. This is going really well. This is, see, you laughing there. This is as close to live as you'll, as you'll get. Because the episodes are being recorded and edited completely on the fly yep this um, is this is basically live just imagine if you went to egx and we were actually in one of the tents and it was yumi and Ant. it would just be laughing yeah and then everyone going what the hell's going on yeah <laughs> but i think it was kind of i mean we played it up for um the southampton gig for yeah the live the one at the hotel but we had to be careful or did we i think we were off the watershed so we we're right yeah no we were effing and jeffing all over the place because we had the swear jar didn't we oh yes the swear jar was full <laughs> um so any other games you'd like to give a special mention to phil before we sign off um I literally just forgot the name of it. It was king. called the For the King. Where are you? So yeah, for um for the king, it's um a game where you not too close to the mic. Oh sorry. Is it uh, for the king? It's a game where you um basically control three individual characters that walk around this map. Um, kind of like a oh was it Civilization but a six sided. Okay. Is it octagon? That's not octagon. What's hectagon? Is it hectagon? Hectagon's five. Five. Whatever the six is. I can't remember what it's called. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and then you basically decide what they do. They've got to do challenges along this way. Along this way. So basically you roll a dice to find out how many steps they can walk to. Mm. And then throughout the day, like enemies will appear on the map and then they will vanish off. And basically like Dungeons and Dragons just with three characters but yeah I found it really interesting I got addicted for about an hour didn't realise what time it was oh okay because that was I was off doing PSVR and then you messaged me oh that was when I was on VR was it yeah I was because I was playing Beat Saber you were that was pretty good hard it got gradually quite but 
Yeah, no, it was good. Pete Saber, I didn't get to play it, but it looked interesting. Yeah, we couldn't really reschedule much else. No. But... Last day. Yeah, if we'd have spoken to Kim... Was it Kim? I think it was Kim. Uh, yeah. the, the Sony PR girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we'd have spoken to her earlier, we might have been able to get a couple more bits in, but um, it didn't help that I forgot the piece of paper that with her name written on it. Well, you got the name right. Well, yeah, true. So, but yes, we're, uh, that's it for this episode, I think. We are done. With the interviews. And we are done for today. There's still a few games that I don't think we spoke about properly, but you'll probably no. hear it in the upcoming episode. So stay tuned for your next nearest Van der Hoff & Co. episode. Yeah, hopefully not too long. We'll, uh, Touch we'll be back in Dorset, back on the home turf. Tomorrow. Well, I was going to say just sort of in the next week or so, we'll try and get together. Oh, I see what you mean. With... Antoine. Antoine. Antonio. <coughs> so, yes. We'll see you soon. Mm. Thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Peace out. Yeah. Uh, going on our website, NoahsArcadeUK.com, and Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram. And, yeah. And Bebo. What's Bebo? And uh, MySpace. Oh, is it like one of the old ones, is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Any more? Not I can think of. I I remember MySpace. Not Bebo. I it sounds familiar, but not Habbo Hotel. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what that is. Is that an old social media thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, what was that? IQ? No, IK. I don't know. That it was one. like a messenger thing. Well, you had MSN, but uh, <coughs> Habbo Hotel was. A game, but you just all used to hang out in a room together with your mates and go, oh, you bought that furniture, did you, with a text message? Yep. Yeah, it wasn't great. Oh, okay. <coughs> Terrible. Okay. Fair enough. It was a bit like, um, what's that penguin game? Club Penguin. Yeah, it's a bit like that, just free. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. Mm. Mm. Um, but yes, it's time for us sleep. to go. Do you know when you, where we need to go? <clears throat> to bed. To sleep. For the king, where are you? Oh, shut up, Phil. No, no, no. Thank you for listening, folks. Thank I've been you. High Definition. I've been Monkey Man Phil. Bye bye. Bye bye bye.